Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Hey, welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Now, how are you coping in the school holidays? In the Southern Hemisphere, we have pretty much the whole of January off, and I kind of love it. We have slow mornings, and we're able to do some different things, although when you have deadlines, and for you, I guess, clients can be a little bit super tricky to have the kids lurking around. We've been camping twice, which is super nice. And just to make things super busy, we have just opened the doors to Salon Mastery Coaching Program, which I'm super excited about. And when this episode comes out, we'll only have a few days left until we close the doors because I really want to get stuck into the program and get things underway and really focus on that. So if you've been thinking about joining, make sure you jump in. Now I'm going to leave the link for you on the episode notes uh, on the page for you to jump in. Take action now. Do not delay. All right. So if you have loved the pod class series, uh, this is the final that I'm going to share with you today. I've had so much great feedback, which I really appreciate. And I'm going to share some with you because it makes me so happy to uh, hear these great things um, from you. So I want to read a couple for you now. Uh, Catherine says, I'm absolutely loving this podcast series. I'm learning so much from you, from you, including looking after myself, less Netflix, more CEO planning and generally. Um, when I listen to your podcasts, I get motivated. Thank you so much, Catherine. I tried to go back and listen a second time to write down my financial plan. Good for you. Also, I'm so excited for today when I finally managed to set some time aside, I can't read today, without a client booking in so I can join you live, which she did, which was very, very cool. She also says, I'm sure a lot of other salon owners feel, uh, owners feel lucky and privileged to have someone like you to help us navigate the side of our business. This definitely doesn't come to me naturally. Well, look, thank you, Catherine, for putting your thoughts to paper and sharing all the great things that you've done and of course what it means to you that means a lot to me um jill also has a salon in florida in the us and um i've been following the podcast sometimes listening live and sometimes catching up later i have two days set aside for administrative work and i stand behind the chair three days of the week it's time to master my inner ceo good for you jill Tonight, I sat down with all of my worksheets and got caught up on the podcasts and worksheets in hand. I want to say thank you so much. You bring forth thoughts that I have had, things I have known but couldn't see a clear path to getting where I must go. You validated my frustrations and confirmed my strengths and weaknesses, leaving me excited about what is to come. Thank you so much, Larissa. You're doing a great job. I appreciate you. Well, Jill, I appreciate you taking the time to write that down. That makes me more than happy, and it makes everything that I do worthwhile. 
In any case, I ran the final episode of the series as a live masterclass, which was more than awesome to have some of you live with me. It was totally cool. And if you didn't and you missed it, you should totally join me next time. It was a lot of fun to actually have people around and talking back to me. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure I shared it with you. Now I've cropped out uh, some of the pre-fluff and the chatter that we had before. So let's dive into the live masterclass titled Avoid These Three Mistakes and Master Your Inner Salon CEO. And I'll check in again with you afterwards. Let's jump in. Okay, so let's just touch on the podcast uh, just momentarily because uh, I want to quickly recap the key steps because I covered each one of these steps in the, private, uh, the Freedom and Profit Formula, the five steps um, in the podcasts, although I just, just caveat, you probably heard me say, and if you haven't listened to it yet, that's fine. Uh, podcast number four, I merged four and five together. There are five steps. So I just want to recap them super quick. So you've got a handle on what those tactical strategies are and what your role is as a sell-on CEO. So the first one is to have a handle on your role. Number one is have a handle on your, your role as a CEO and actually see yourself and why it's important to uh, understand or think like a CEO so you can put the other strategies in place and tip over that tipping point, right? Uh, number two is powerful profits, and that's making sure that you understand the numbers in a way that you can actually create a business framework that is profitable without you having to uh, work more hours. Number three is build a rock star team. You've chosen a, a business model that is based on team, right? So you have to nail this piece. Number four is uh, smashing sales. Now smashing sales is about what happens in the chair. When you've got the client in the chair, that's not the end of uh, your sales strategy or marketing strategy, that's the beginning of the sale, right? The sale doesn't, as soon as the client sits in the chair, that's when the sale starts. The sale doesn't end until she gets to reception. This is your sales period. This is the, your, uh, the, your service delivery. And then number um, five, of course, is marketing, attracting new clients into your business. So today I wanna to share with you the three things that will actually prevent you from tra transitioning from salon owner or stylist or even manager into your CEO role. These three mistakes that salon owners make, I see it all the time and I want to show you what to do instead so you actually do these things in 2020 and make it your uh, big year. So that's why we focused on number one, it starts with you. You are the driver of your business, right? So you are the glue that brings all these things together and uh, I want you to think like a CEO, move towards freedom and profit and leap out of those job roles and actually spend time in your CEO role. All right, are you ready for number one? Uh, Karen says, I can't see any chats. Should I be able to see them? Um, oh, thanks, Susie. Um, some people may be sending messages directly to Larissa. Let me just have a little look. My first, no, they're coming to all panelists. My first question, um, Karen, is that along the bottom, depending if you're on a phone or on a desktop, along the bottom, there should be a button that says chat. Um, and you can jump into there. So if you're on a mobile, sometimes you have to swipe zoom across uh, to find it. Hope that helps. Can't see any chats. But you found the chat because you're chatting. Anyway, I'm going to leave it to Susie. <laughs> Hopefully you find us. All right. Let's move on. Let's talk about mistake number one. The mistake number one is that salon owners work in their business 
and they forget to work on it. They work with clients instead of coaching the team. And the mistake is that they get in their own way. Thanks, Susie. Oh, yeah. Great. My only message you can see. Hmm. I'm going to leave it. Thank you, Susie, for taking over and helping Karen. That was amazing. All right. I first of all want you to understand uh, the words grow and scale. It's a word that I use quite a lot. How do we get out of our own way? We've got to understand this world, this word. So um, grow and scale. It's a, it's a word that's near and dear to my heart, but it may be one that it may be new to you to maybe you haven't heard it or understand it or think about it. So I actually went and Googled it and um, I asked Google, I asked Google a lot, uh, what does it mean to grow and scale, to scale a business? So I'm gonna read it to you. Scaling a business means setting the stage to enable and support growth in your company. It means having the ability to grow without being hampered. Hampered, not a word I would use, but it's a good word, right? We can understand what that means. It requires, some, uh, requires planning, some funding, the right system, staff, processes, technology and partners. So I thought that was pretty good. Um, and usually the owner, in my experience, uh, from working with salon owners, but also because I did this myself, do you know what? I still do this because we're in our own goldfish bowl, right? It's always easier to see from the outside. We lack the mindset often of what's possible and um, we get in our own way. Okay. So the other, the other, um, the word scale, I just want to, the way I like to talk about the word scale is unequal. You might have heard me say this before, unequal, uh, unequal input to output. And I'm going to talk about that um, a little bit more, but I want you to understand that. And one uh, unequal input to get an unequal amount of output. So um, you might think traditionally one hour of serving a client equals a hundred dollars. That's, you know, that's the equal amount of input output right how though do you do the same one hour and get an unequal result like how do you get five thousand dollars from that one hour that is what scale is growing without being hampered and of course when you are this, this when you are um when you get in your own way then you stop being able to grow with scale okay all right the next one is exponential growth. I love that word exponential. It, it, exponential to me uh, explains uh, beyond what you can do as one human, right? As, in, as one human, you can only do so much. You've got the same 24 hours as Beyonce and look what she can do. So she's learned to get exponential growth and she's been able to grow and scale her business from the same 24 hours that you do. So what, there's a clue here, success leaves clues, right? So we want to be able to grow without working more hours. And the other key is working smarter and not harder. Now we used this uh, in, in my salon. We openly talked about working smarter and not harder. And to work smarter and not harder, we have to work on the right things, things that move the needle and not things that are nice or pretty or fun. Now, if you're smart, you'll work on the smart things that are fun for you and delegate out the things that aren't. But that's another conversation for another time, right? So uh, I want to show an example with you uh, how you can get exponential growth without working more hours. Now, some of you are already doing this, but I want you to understand it from a framework point of view, from looking from the outside so you really understand how to get out of your own way and where to invest your time instead, right? Just remember, I don't 
suggest working less hours immediately, but replace those hours on working on smart things. Some, some of the three things that I'm going to be sharing with you today, right? Because the mistake, and I just want to put this in here because the mistake I see sometimes is that people listen to me and say, Larissa said I should work less and uh, not work all the hours and skip off down to the beach and lie on the beach and then wonder why their business isn't growing. So I just want to make sure that, you know, there's work to be done between now and sitting on the beach with the cocktail. Right. More on that shortly. Okay. Smarter, not harder. Let's give, let's give you a, um, <clears throat> you didn't know you needed to be good at maths, did you, to be a hair or beauty salon owner? Well, you probably did. But let's start with you, the therapist or uh, the stylist. And you are working five days a week and you do an average of eight hours a day. I know that sometimes that you do 12, but let's just keep my maths nice and simple. And at the end of 40 hours, you're pretty exhausted, standing on your feet, talking to clients all day, you're exhausted. And you have a business to run still, late nights, weekends, wages, rental, team, all of the things need attention and you haven't even done your socials yet, haven't ordered your stock yet. But if you can be smart, for sure, how do you be smart as a stylist, uh, stylist operating business owner? Well, you probably try to increase how much your clients pay you. You might get smarter at increasing your average client spend. You might ask them to buy more. Um, and that's definitely being smart. More per client equals more money, right? Now we're charging our clients $150 out, but we're working the same amount of hours. This is, this is, this is growing, grow and scaling a stylist. Absolutely. Leverage. We're leveraging our time, right? Your sales, though, can be capped right, by the number of hours that you're gonna put in. And at some point, you're gonna maximize how much you can charge your clients because there's only so many things that we can do them on them, even if we do all the things, right? So that's working smarter and not harder as you, the stylist who owns a business. Little bit exhausting, totally, I get it, right? But what if you work smarter and harder, maybe even less hours and focus on exponential growth and you, because you are already tapped out at 40 hours. You could choose to work 50 hours for sure, but you're probably already doing that, right? And um, what if you worked on your team to serve the clients and you got them to do exactly what you were doing, $100 per stylist, and you, but this time you got two stylists. And at this point, it might still be you and one other, right? Now you've gone from $800 uh, to $1,600, right? We still haven't been smart yet by increasing our average client bill. We're just sticking, for this example, we're just sticking at $100 an hour. Uh, we can earn uh, another stylist. We can now, for that same amount of hours, $3,200 a day. Now we can get $4,800 a day. So this is definitely working smarter if we can increase the number of stylists pumping out. Now we know this because most of you already have a, a team member, but I know the challenges that come up and that you want to say to me, but how do I manage more team members? Uh, how do I get them more clients? How do I get them to do good work? But, 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 all the but, but. So I want you just to hold on to the but, buts. We're not there yet. We're working on where um, that will come. The how-to will come. Just hold tight. I just want you to think about the framework. And just think about working on your business and on your team. If you spent the time to work on your team, right? Okay, whoops, I'll just go back one. So don't worry about the how for now. I want you to think like a CEO and I want you to think about the things that actually move the needle. So if we, let's just say we stop at six 
six stylists and that's something that we can manage. Maybe that's how many people we can fit inside our physical location without having to relocate. Now let's do the same smart moves that we did for ourselves. We teach them how to increase uh, how much they spend to their client, uh, how much each of their clients spend. And we show them not how to work more hours. We don't get finicky with them about can they you know, work an extra two hours a week, please. We teach them how to work smarter and increase their own average client spend. Now the same six stylists, just teaching them how to upgrade can now move your needle from um, 4,800 to 6,720 a day just by teaching them to be smarter. Now this is your role as a CEO to grow your team because your own potential is capped, right? Uh, your potential is capped you know, at, at, at around $800. Um, but if you can be smart and increase the number of team members and then the productivity of your team members, now that's called exponential growth. Okay. Now, I know that stepping off the floor for some of you can feel like a huge step because if you now take the time to step away from the floor, you might lose your $800. Now, what happens to a lot of people is they step off the floor, but they might keep one day. You can still do uh, surprisingly large amounts of money in a really compacted amount of time. And if you reinvest that time on 100% on, on moving the needle with your team, that alone is enough to move the needle. You don't have to worry about stepping away from, the, from my clients. Will I, uh, will I lose my income? When you think like a CEO, you're thinking bigger than just per client. And I want you to come away from that thinking a little bit. You don't need to be off the floor 100% of the time. Just keep the clients that you love, right? All right, now you don't, don't feel the pressure for me that, that I'm telling you to come off the floor all of a sudden either. There is a step-by-step -step plan to do that. You can do it quietly and gently, uh, but you do need a solid plan to do that and reinvest the time. Um, so the magic here, of course, is being able to step off the floor without earning less. And if you do it well, you can earn more. So I want to introduce you to Hannah. Um, Hannah has uh, a young family. She's got uh, a gorgeous little girl and boy. Don't know if she's here today. Um, she's a young family, but uh, she's 100% off the floor, 100% off the tools, and she just focuses on growing her business. She spends uh, anywhere between 13 and 15 rostered hours a week on her business so she can spend time with her family. And in fact, in the last year, she actually had a really ill father who she was able to care for and nurse throughout that time. Now she's, I bring her up because she's typical of a good third of the salon owners inside of Salon Mastery actually are mums who are 100% off the floor because they have young babies. Um, it's a good reason to have, it's kind of like a forced reason to have to drastically change your business model and how you operate. And um, they are all earning the same, if not more, from when they were uh, well, three of them particularly I'm talking about, uh, if not more than when they were on the floor themselves because the energy has been redirected into driving the team and the things that the CEO, the CEO role has to do. So Petra is another one of those. She's had 37% growth this year in the same 12 months as she stepped off the floor. So that's immediate return in the transitional period of stepping away from the floor and having a baby. So like I said before, what comes first, the profit, the, the Freedom comes before the profit. Right. Um, Lee also 
uh, is 100% off the floor. She doesn't have a young family. You don't have to have a family to drive, my point of this, you don't have to have a family to drive the resin to come off the floor. She's had a 71% growth in her business since we started working together. Um, and in, the in that time, she has slowly transitioned day by day off the floor. She's 100% off the floor. And within a couple of months uh, of stepping off the floor, that's when the momentum really started. The snowball started to catch up. So there's got to be a little bit of a, um, a cause and effect, a little bit of time between. Think about this. You plant a seed in the earth, right? It's a little seed, and you water it. You make sure it's got lots of sunshine, and maybe a little sprout starts to come. But what grows first? The tree trunk. And then what comes next is the branches. And then what comes next is a few leaves, hopefully, if you're doing it right, and you water it for long enough. And finally comes the fruit. You can't plant the seed and get the fruit tomorrow. You have to uh, see that this is, you know, it needs some watering and some tending and it takes a little bit of time, but trust the process. It can be done step by step. All right, Rayleigh, Karen sorted, fabulous. All right, are we ready to move on? Is this making sense? Are we ready to move on to mistake number two that I want you to avoid as a salon CEO? Oh, hi, Hannah. <laughs> You are there. Great. Okay, mistake number two is that owners work on the wrong things. And when you work on the right things that move the needle, that's when you impact your business in ways that you didn't think possible. Not working more hours, not, uh, not overcome and overwhelmed with all the things because overwhelm actually slows down the engine. It slows down your output. So let's look at the things that actually move the needle from whether it's 1,000 to 2,000, 6,000, 8,000, $15,000 a week. What are the right things? Are we ready? Yeah? Okay. We have three jobs. Uh, oop, I'll go back. We have three jobs, three hats to work on. Beck says yes. Great. Um, so as we looked at before, if we work on our clients, we have a cap on what we can produce, right? And then if we try to add on the manager's role, we can reach overwhelm. And often you don't even get to have a look in at the CEO role. And it's as a CEO role in itself, just stand alone. There are three types of jobs, three types of tasks or roles that you need to think about to really make impact or move the needle, right? Um, because without them, you don't grow, you hit a ceiling. So I wanna, I wanna talk about what those things are and make sure you have a handle on those three types of jobs that you need to have a handle on as the CEO. Because often we can stay what I would call in the mouse wheel. We can work on a tick list, <laughs> tick list, and I still work on a tick list. I love to get a good tick. It's nice, but the problem with a tick list, if we're working from a tick list, is the list never ends. There's always more things. And I remember that sense of overwhelm, whereas I didn't even know where to put the things that I needed to do anymore. I had lists all over the place, booklets, notepads, booklets, um, notes on my desktop, uh, notes in my phone. Um, <laughs> do you know, I've got the IRD to deal with, I've got clients, I've got the landlord, I've got compliance. Compliance never gets done. And that's before we even get to the family. So I'm not a fan of the tick list. Karen says, oh my God, that's me. Yes, <laughs> I get that. I'm a recovering, don't you worry, I'm a recovering listaholic. Like it's a little bit addictive and there's something really satisfying about getting a list, but I want you to evolve past the list. This is the goal, shift past the list, right? Because no matter how hard you shift the things around, it still stays the same. 
enjoys books everywhere, lists with everything. Exactly. Doesn't matter how many books you have, doesn't matter how many times you change your roster and work different combinations of hours. Uh, it doesn't matter how many meetings you move. It doesn't matter if your meetings are on Tuesdays and you think, oh, I must move them to Thursdays. It's going to be much better on a Thursday. And then you delegate a task to someone and then you actually grab it back from them and then you delegate them something else. <laughs> the reality is you can't do it all. Now, I remember a time when I was in a delusion. Sometimes I still am delusional. But I, I know what it's related to. This event that happened when I was six. I have to tell you about it sometime. I think not today. I'll digress. Uh, but I was delusional that I was superwoman. Not in an ego way, like, oh, I'm so cool and I'm so special. I can do everything. But it didn't actually occur to me that I couldn't do it all or that I didn't need to do it all. So what I want to do is talk about task quality what you choose to put on your list. Because I actually want you, over the next 12 months, to have a goal or to minimize your list. No lists. And I'm gonna show you exactly why. Because to move the needle, we need to beat the battle of the list and make the most of the time that you do have. Remember, we're gonna be Beyonce. We're not, we're not going to be uh, Joyce the stylist anymore. We're gonna be Beyonce. Are you up for being Beyonce? <laughs> Let me know. I like Beyonce, she's a good example. All right. Uh, let me tell you about rocks, pebbles, and sands. Kerry's laughing. Yeah, I wish. I'd love to be Beyonce too. Actually, I'd like to be JLo. She's pretty cool. Jenny from the block. Okay, I, I move on. Let's talk about some big rocks, some pebbles, and some sand. All right, are you up? Are you up for big rocks, pebbles, and sand? The rocks are the big things. These are the CEO roles. These are the big strategic pieces inside of your business that move the needle, that make the change. Now, the pebbles are just are the operational things. They're the daily stuff that needs to happen to tick it over. This is the wheel in motion, uh, the business operations. These are the pebbles. They're super important. Uh, and then there is the sand. There's a little bit of sand. Now, the sand is the details, the tactics. Now, they're often the things that we love, like posting memes on social media, maybe posting um stories with all the the fun gifts like i love doing that i do you know what i love i'll tell you what my sand is often we fall in the trap of doing the sandy stuff that we love playing in the sand with the, the shovel and spade my sand is i love to play on my website and the problem is i delegated that job to somebody else <laughs> and then i go in and i play on my website because i love doing designs and pretty colors and then i ruin it anyway again another story uh the sand does not move the needle I want you to play like J-Lo and play with the rocks, the big rocks. Now, I've got a pretty picture for you. Oops, forgot the sand. Here is our sand. Now, if we spend a lot of time doing the sand and we put our sand in the jar first, now I want you to imagine this is real, real, Get a, imagine a real jar. And I want you to get a big scoop of sand and you pour it into the jar. So what does it do? It lays across the bottom. Okay, and then you go and get a big handful of uh, pebbles and you tip them all in as well. And, the rock, and so we've got the sand, we've got our, our memes and we've got our posts and we've got cutting hair, um, we've got cleaning the back room, we've got mopping the floor because our team forgot. So we think, mm, I'll mop the floor because they forgot. And then we've got operational things like the confirm calls, ordering the stock, those are the pebbles, ordering the stock, um, what else? Cleaning the hair out of the sink basins, that's really playing in the sand. Um, hanging out with your team just so they feel you being present and um, smiling at everybody. Uh, okay, so if we put the sand in and the pebbles in, when we get to the big rocks, guess what? They don't fit and they fall out the top. 
I think that I think the um, picture explains it enough, right? We don't have time for the CEO role, the big things inside of our business that actually move the needle because by the time we've got three minutes to do the big things because we're fitting them in between our clients we're fitting them in between the sand and the rocks one we're not focused two we're exhausted three we can't think strategically because our brains are overwhelmed and four we've only got 15 minutes to our next client so how can you create a whole career path for your team and implement a big strategy when you've got 15 minutes to do it this is not fair. You're not, it's not fair for you to do that to yourself. It's not fair for your team to do that to yourself. And it's not fair for the stakeholders, clients, team, family. So I want you to think about things like designing your life, like, like thinking like a CEO. What is your five-year plan? Um, and then having the discipline to implement it in quarterly strategic planning sessions. Imagine that. Now, that's a big rock understanding your role as a CEO and reporting to make good, solid strategic decisions. That's a really good, important rock. Managing your team. So things like um, doing a budget, planning forward when you need a new employee and being ahead of it and being planned in advance so you don't go, shit, I need another, I need another employee. Actually, I needed them last week. It's already too late because by the time you find the time in the 15 minute gaps to create the ad, get it out there, employ them, six weeks goes by before you actually find somebody I want you to be ahead of it, right? Playing in the big rocks, creating a career path for your team, uh, team members, creating service, uh, service delivery standards, like the way that we do it so you can deliver your business uh, consistently because consistency builds a brand. Education planning, mapping out a whole 12 months, your sales culture. I'm gonna talk about a little bit more about the big rocks shortly. So I'm going to cut that short because time will fly by. <laughs> the reality is that there is no time to do the big things. So what I want you to do is I want you to put the big rocks in first. Get the big rocks in first, then you can put the pebbles around it. And guess what? The sand fills the gaps in between. When we're not, when we do the big rocks first, then we're high on energy. We're not time poor. We've got our brain clear because we created the space to do it, right? Just like I talked about the tree and the seeds, that's when you get the fruit. All right, are you with me? You're one decision away from a completely different life. Just saying. Yes, yes. Hello, yes. Hi, Trish. Yes, says Kerry. Good. Yes, says Susan. Fabulous. All right. Let's move on to number three. Are you guys ready for number three? Awesome. Okay, mistake number three is that owners make, uh, uh, the, the mistake number three that owners make is that they let their teams rely on them far too much. So I want you to set yourself free. Okay, I'll tell you a little story. I'm married to a builder, right? And my mother-in-law said to me one day, she goes, you do realise, Larissa, that um, you'll never live in a finished house. <laughs> I always remember that. I like, what? what do you mean? I want to live in a you know beautiful brand new house she said no it's not going to happen look at his dad is also a builder and they don't live in a finished house so anyway this is my fate but <laughs> so for a long time i felt like that in my business uh, i was living inside a house that was never finished right now so think about this because it's easier to think about it from a, a different perspective right if you are a, a builder like my husband and you build a house for someone else they contract you to build a house, 
you do all the work, you, you finish it off, you get compliance, you sign it off and you hand over the keys to the new owner. Now, when you build a house for yourself, you probably move in at 20% done, right? And if you're lucky, you'll complete it to maybe 80%, if you're lucky, because now you're in it. You're in life, you don't see the holes, you're in the woods, you don't see the trees. What's that saying? You can't see the woods for the trees. <laughs> You're in it. And it's the same with our business. We never finish our business. We live in the muck, half finished. And if we are really committed to actually getting it done, signing it off, there are far too many benefits to talk about. So I want to just talk about three of the benefits that if you actually complete your business, sign it off and have it like, like have it complete, have all the moving parts done, have the big rocks in place. The first thing is that you can walk out the door with confidence like actually walk out the door confidence because everybody knows what they're doing it what they're doing how they're doing it everyone knows what to expect how it's done and they perform the way that you expect them to because you've completed the business so they know what it is to do they know what the, the processes are right and when you drive your business from systems and structure it becomes easier to deliver a consistent service because everybody knows what to expect and guess what your clients learn to know what to expect consistency builds a memorable brand for your clients and it also provides a consistent experience for your team and don't forget you're the crazy entrepreneur who loves shiny objects you love variety you love every day to be different but your team don't that's why they don't own their business they work for you because they actually want consistency right all right the other benefit is that you get to do things once and then never have to do it again let the systems and processes do the work uh, so if you're, in a, if you're in, a, in a place at the moment that you walk in the door and there are fireballs being thrown at you, I talked about that before, could I, should I, what I, can I, um, can you give me a reference? I used to hate that one, it's because it's like, you've already left and now you're still making me work for you. Um, as a CEO, you have to make a lot of decisions daily and there is a thing, such a thing called decision fatigue and there becomes a point in the day when actually you've made your limit. You cannot make any more decisions like you're done. That's when you hit overwhelm. Decision fatigue um, leads to overwhelm and overwhelm leads to burnout and then your, your output becomes low. Your role as a CEO is to work out what you want, decide how it should be and write it down and then teach your team. And, uh, and then of course, lead your team to be accountable to the systems and then guess what, walk out the door and leave them to it. Because you know what, if you stay, you ruin it for them. You muck it up. <laughs> so I've got to tell you this because I know my team are on here. I do this all the time. I create the system, tell them how to do it. And then, and then I see a message or I somehow get involved in the conversation and I jump in and have my 10 cents worth. And it's like, oh, I always get it wrong. I laugh, they laugh, and we all laugh at me. So that's fine. But the thing is, like... Uh, I'm actually going to click the next one because I actually wrote it down. You watch. Save your team from yourself. <laughs> so I am the most inconsistent person that there are. And I'm not alone. You are too. Most people are, right? Because I know that if my team asks me the same question, I'll give them a different answer on a different day depending on how I feel. Or I'm in a vacuum and I've come out. Let's. Here's an example. I'm doing coaching with a client around... Um, finances and then my team asked me something that they're working on about social media 
And I've got this weird middle space where I kind of go, well, I think the answer is just kind of from my position that I'm thinking about right now, it's this. But because it's a brief conversation, I don't know the detail or the depth of what they're talking about. I'm in transitional here. I'm hat switching. And I'll give them the decision based on maybe my mood. Maybe I'm feeling depressed today. Maybe I'm feeling excited today. And I'll be like, yeah, we can conquer the world. Go and share it. Put $1,000 on the ad. I don't know. Whatever. I'm just trying to think of an example. Or I might be feeling really depressed and, and go, oh, look, let's not bother doing it any today. So I'm the inconsistent one. But what the cool thing is when you get to create uh, systems and structures is that you get to create those when you're thinking you've got some quiet space and you can think about them logically at a time when you're not emotive, you're not hat switching, you're not doing six other things. Bet goes, yes, yes, I've had that. Yeah, totally. You, you can relate, right? And do you know what that does to your team? It wrecks them because they don't know who you are one day from the next, if you're Arthur or you're Martha, and what is she going to say? So save your team from yourself and do them a favor and decide what it is you want, how you want it, what is it going to look like? Decide once and for all. Now, if you're really smart, you'll involve your team in that process. And uh, for some things, they can decide how it's going to be. Get that, I was about to say, get that shit written down. Um, I'll say it a bit more calmly, get that shit written down and then help your team live to those systems. Like all you need to do then is support them to, and, and if you forget, because sometimes I forget, we create the system and I move on to something else and then they'll say, hey Larissa, what am I supposed to do? I, the best thing I can do is say, go and check the system. Go and check what we decided, because shit, I can't remember. I've got six balls in there now. Okay, are you with me? Now the bonus is that when you're finished, I call this business in a box. You've got to put your business in a box. Save your team from yourself. Do it once and then you never have to do it again. Don't make the same decisions again and again and again. Can I have a Christmas week off? No. <laughs> if you don't want to answer that question, go, oh, no, can I have a week off in December? If that's your rule, write it down. And when they come and say, can I have a, a week off in December? You can say, well, have you checked the rules and the systems? And they'll say, no. Okay, go and check. And then you tell me if you can have a day off in December. They'll read the rules and they'll go, don't worry. <laughs> Jay says you love number three so much. What's that one? Save, save your team from yourself. <laughs> yeah, I got to be honest about that one, right? Okay, so the bonus is that when you've got a business in a box, something really magical happens. And this is my own story, is that when you do that, and you can truly step away from your business, walk out the door with confidence, um, you can work 15 hours a week, because guess what, they don't need you anymore. Now, when that starts to happen inside of your business, a very strange feeling. And just recognize that that strange feeling will come, but that's a goal. That's, a, that's like a, a, a benchmark that you want to achieve for them not to need you anymore. So uh, I achieved this when I was working 15 hours a week in and on my business. Um, so much so because I could raise my family, spend time with my family, but I was so much so that I started uh, another whole business. But that's another story. I wouldn't recommend it. Anywho. Um, also, when it comes time for you to sell your business, this is where you can ask for the big bucks. If you ever decide to do that and you have a business in a box, it is a highly sought after saleable item. You think about how much franchises get sold at. Now, this is the time uh, to duplicate. If you are thinking about opening a second salon, don't do it until you have set yourself free. Please, I've done it and I retracted. I opened two salons, we cl I closed one, I merged the two, and I got my business to a point where I could either duplicate, our goal was to go to five salons, or I could sell. And I had choice. 
I had choice in front of me. Like that is freedom and profit when you can have got choice of what your next step is and that you're not stuck to the decision because of your circumstance. Um, Chloe says, potentially want the time to help my partner with his business idea and do that together. This is where I'm at, says Jay. Yeah, okay. Uh, honestly, like I don't want to squash your dreams of um, multiple businesses, but I see it people doing it too quickly until you and, and you haven't freed yourself, you haven't stepped into your role as CEO. Do it when you're in when you have control over all the things. You have your business in a box. Okay. How let's have a quick recap of all the things that we have learned. Have a little drink. All right, we've talked about working smarter and not harder, how we can leverage our team. It is doable to grow and scale our team without working more hours. And if you're smart, you can do it with working less hours, right? And we've talked about working on the right things. We've talked about playing in the sand, uh, being like J-Lo or Beyonce, whoever your flavor is. Um, working on the right things, working on the rocks, managing the pebbles and getting the hell out of the sand, right? And we've talked about completing a business, building a business in a box. I want you to have your business organized so you've got the systems and structures and procedures in place before you need it. Like have your recruitment strategy in place before you need to recruit somebody. Because if you need to do it in between 15, your 15 minute gaps between clients, then heck, it's really hard. That's called stress and overwhelm. Um, just a little side note about when I before I sold, and, and I really had completed the business per se, I really think that um, I started to renovate my business unnecessarily because I liked playing in my business. I loved my business. I didn't need to. It was time to sell or, or to, um, to uh, duplicate. So a good way to, to be an indicator if, you're if it's time to expand is that you're starting to fix things that aren't really broken. <laughs> so, um, all right. Let's move on. All right, does that sound good? Are those three things that you can really kind of, is that helping you think like a CEO? I hope so. Okay, what, uh, yes, says Susan, yes, says, uh, I'm quite, not quite sure your name there, it says my LM, that might be the name of your phone, but that's good, I'm pleased. Yay, says Jay. Fantastic. <laughs> very, very good. Uh, all right. So at this point, I have a question for you. Would you like me to help you step into the driver's seat of your business and remove yourself from the sand and work on your business in the rocks? Like it's a good place to, uh, it's a good place to operate from. And if you do it well, you can step yourself out of the overwhelming list. Like actually my goal is to have the smallest list and have less things but spend more time on them because they're bigger, more powerful things that move the needle. So it can be powerful when you can operate at CEO level and not just in the sand and in the weeds, right? This is how you live a life of freedom and profit. Plenty of food for thought, says Karen. Ah, oh, Kathy. All right, good, good. <laughs> All right. Would you like me to uh, show you how I can help you step up into your role as a salon CEO and actually reach salon mastery, business in a box. Because there's a reason that you have um, invested your time here today, right? Um, there's a reason you took the time out. Some of you booked time out of your column to invest in this time, right? I want you to master your inner salon CEO, master your salon and complete a business so it's working cohesively. 
and um, grow. Trish says yes, but not quite hitting 6K. All right, let's talk about that shortly. Make sure I come back to that. Um, not at the cost, I want you to be able to grow not, not at the cost of your sanity, right? Work smarter and not harder on um, without working longer hours. Set yourself free. It should be my new mantra, set yourself free. Um, and also, one of the things we forget, you know, in terms of managing ourselves is having the confidence that we're doing it right. Confidence that we have the systems that, you know, um, that have worked for others, I guess. Uh, but being flexible, like being flexible to be able to have systems that are proven, proven by other people, but flexible enough to make them your own, right? So you've got a decision to make. Are you going to keep me forwarding just as usual, winging it? Or are you going to do something different? Right. All right. Um, if you're ready for this, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about um, Salon Mastery. It's... Um, it's the only, Salon Mastery is the only implementation program that not only shows you uh, a clear step-by-step -step pathway to grow your team, scale your business without working more hours, and of course, ultimately living a life of freedom and profit. So if you'll allow me, I will introduce you to the outline of the Salon Mastery program, and I want to take you through the exact strategy steps. Now, you know these mostly because we've been talking about them over the last few weeks, but I want to tell you what my intention for each of these strategy steps are for you um, as you go through the program. And what you could do while we're doing that is to... Uh, just mentally, or even write it down, rank yourself at where you see yourself. Like, give yourself, um, give yourself a ranking from one to five. Like, how well are you doing this? Five is I'm smashing it out of the park. I'm doing all of these things. I have this um, experience in my business. And one is, oh my God, I haven't even thought about that. I'm, I'm terrible. So give yourself a ranking, and I want you to write it down, or just keep it mentally in your head as we talk about it. Uh, let's start with... Um, stepping into your role as a salon CEO. Where do you uh, see yourself? Because it might be um, really simple uh, as having your ability to step into your role as CEO might be as simple as just having clarity over uh, what it is that you want out of your business. Um, so many people that I come uh, into contact with actually have lost sight of the dream or the goal of what it is that they want next. Maybe you've achieved some of the goals that you set out to achieve and you've lost the clarity or the drive to know like what's next, or you've lost the hope or belief that you can get there. So hopefully today I've squashed some of those beliefs because you can get there. Um, and I think when we, when we don't have clarity, we waste a lot of time floating around inside of our business. Now, get this, um, I, I did some research and came across a study um, of people that had cl really clear written down goals, like what it is that they want to, wanted to achieve in their life and inside of their business. And um, of they, I can't remember how many people they did the study on, but a couple of thousand. And of that study, 3% of those people had their goals written down, uh, what they wanted to accomplish and written down goals. 13% of those people had goals in their mind, but they hadn't actually written them down. And, uh, or you know, hadn't written them anywhere or, or got them in, sort of in concrete. 
And so that left 84% of people who had no goals, goals at all. Does that surprise you? That really surprised me. And um, think for a minute, which group do you belong to? Now, after 10 years, the people that did the study came back to the same interviewees. And the conclusion of the study was uh, quite uh, surprising, <laughs> is a good word, right? The 13% who had goals but didn't write them down earned twice as much as the 84% who had no goals. The 3% who had written goals were earning on average 10 times as much as the other 97% combined. So clarity is your number one goal as the Salon CEO is to get super clear on uh, what it is, where, who you are, what you want, where you're going, and what does it look like when you get there, okay? So my goal for you uh, is to set yourself free in this strategy step and um, get a handle of self-mastery and your role mastery. Like be a master of your role as a Salon CEO. And, you know, most people don't like this word, but I've learned to love this word because it's not my natural uh, disposition. It's discipline to work on the right things. Clarity of your role, of what it is that you want. And actually sometimes just as powerful to be able to learn to say no. So in this, um, my, my goal for this strategy step is that you create or you learn how to create systems and structures so the business doesn't revolve around you and that you can walk out of the business and have complete control. Building systems and structures like business in a box. This is where we learn how to build business in a box to free you up and let your team do great work because you can see that actually both parties win when you create a business in a box, right? They win because they don't get this crazy person leading them. <laughs> Don't worry, you're still ELR leading them, but and you win because you don't have to make the same decision all the time. All right, this is also where we need to think about um, a strategic plan, a written plan, focusing on the big things so you don't get stuck playing in the mud. That is the purpose of step one. So tell me, how did you rate for yourself? What do you give yourself, a one or a five? Let me know in the comments where you um, rank yourself. I'm going to carry on and move on to powerful profits. So um, Karen says two. Okay, keep them coming. Um, Powerful Profits is around creating profits from our passion. Like we love our business. This is, this is not an industry to be in if we don't love it, right? But our business is more powerful when we are profitable. And those that are re rewarded properly actually show up to our business. And I want you to be able to show up to your business so you can be rewarded properly because the converse is also true. No one wants to work for pennies, right? Including me, including you, Kathy. <laughs> Bless you, Kathy. I'll know it's you now. Uh, Kathy says two, Karen says two, three, and Joyce says three. Yeah, okay. All right, let's go through powerful profits and then I want you to tell me where you rank yourself. Uh, I believe, and you, you, I'm, there's no surprise to you by now, that I believe you can have freedom and profit. And uh, I want my cake and eat it too, so why shouldn't you? But I do believe profit is a decision. And I remember the day that I sat in my office and decided to prioritize profit, right? It is a decision. And to do that, you need to be able to understand uh, financial principles, not financial principles for a business model that has you as, the, as an income generating person, because that doesn't create freedom or profit, but understand um, the business model from a financial point of view as you as the CEO role. So you know where, you, where you're working to and start preparing for profit and understand the freedom and profit principles. Also, um, to be able to, my goal for you in this strategy step is for you to be able to move from survive to thrive. Now that means, and you've probably heard me talk about this, is creating an oracle. 
creating something that feeds you back information to tell you the right decisions to make for the big rocks, right? So you can thrive and prioritize profitability. My uh, goal also for the strategy step is that you learn how to unlock freedom and profit because uh, you have to do the freedom first, the profit second, and you need, I want you to know how, what does your business look like when you get to your destination and unlock the future potential um, and create pathways for your team, right? Because you can achieve both, but you need to have a plan to get there. Otherwise you won't know what steps to make. All right. How are you rating yourself in terms of your knowledge around your profitability and your knowledge around what your business needs to look like from a financial point of view uh, to get to your goal? I'll be keen to know. And do you have an oracle? Do you have something that's reporting to you on a regular basis? All right, I'm gonna keep moving. Um, Kathy says four. Good on you, Kathy. Trish says 2.5, Kerry says two. Okay, Joyce, three, maybe two. Oh, two for the first one. Yeah, yeah, okay. Karen says two. All right, good. Let's talk about a rock star team um, because you can't build this business without a team. You've chosen a business model that is based on humans. So you actually need to nail the best boss step. Like this is a strategy step you have to nail, otherwise all the other ones don't work, right? Otherwise you might as well be selling drink bottles down, on, down at Amazon. <laughs> Um, so my goal for you is to be able to realize the full potential of the humans that you have in, inside of your business. This is one of the biggest complaints for, of our industry is that is managing humans. They're, they're so unpredictable, like um, data or drink bottles on Amazon. It's really like it's black and white, but humans are really colorful and it's hard to manage, but I guess that's a good thing, right? Otherwise life would be, would be um, boring. So this strategy step promises to help you get the right people in your boat, have uh, a system down pat so you're ready before you need it in terms of recruiting, so you are in the power seat. Um, because, you know, especially if you're in growth and you're in momentum, then uh, you're likely to do this two or three times a year if you're in, in a growth a growing business. Like this is something that you're not gonna just do once or twice. So this is something that you need to do once and then have it the ready when you need it. Um, I also want to ensure that you've got a career path for your people, right? People, I want your team to be able to see themselves, or no, I want your team to be able to see you in their future. Now think about it from that point of view. Can your team see your business inside of their future? What they're going, their goals? Um, so you can have them stay for the long haul. So you can get the most out of them as they grow. Because they, they won't all stay forever, but you want to get the most out of them while they grow. And the more that they grow, the longer they'll stay. So you need a career path for that. I also want for you to be able to, to show up and be the best boss that you can be and have the tactics to deal with tricky situations because humans are tricky, right? So you need a couple of strategies under your belt and the manager's role, like this is this CEO is your leadership role. This is your manager's role. How do you get human potential and you manage the daily operations of the humans? And I guess to have confidence in, in yourself to lead your team and to manage your team because it's tricky when you're put into situations that you haven't handled before, you don't know how to handle and you're not solid within yourself to be able to make the right decisions. So that confidence is a really key piece, right? What do you rate yourself uh, as for your team? How well are you doing from one to five in terms of that team piece? While you put your numbers in, I'll have a quick drink. Catherine says one, Safie says so, so true. Hey, Catherine. 
<laughs> Trish says, I'm, I'll say freaking awesome. Good for you. Give yourself a four. You deserve to. <laughs> oh, you own it. So you should. All right, let's look at your team's sales performance. Because remember, it's not your sales performance, your team's sales performance. Their, their ability to serve clients, right? This strategy I call smashing sales. Joyce says number three. <laughs> Love it, Trish. Um, okay, so smashing sales, I think I mentioned this before, is about what happens when the client is in your chair. You've taken all the effort to get them in the darn chair in the first place. Uh, sales and marketing or whatever it is that you've done to get them there. You've got them to make a booking, promise to come and then actually show up. Now you've got to make sure she has the absolute best experience possible so she comes back. So when you focus on the client through your team, of course, the money will come. That's how we smash sales. So uh, this strategy uh, step, my goal for this strategy step is to make sure that you know how to lead to win. And I believe in, in becoming the coach. Uh, because remember, your number one client now and your attention should be driven to your team. That is your new client. So this is where I aim to help you step into your leadership role in leading them to create an attitude around um, sales and coach them to succeed. Because I've yet to see a business succeed when the owner sets a target for your team and then says, go out there and smash the target, please. It just doesn't happen that way. Sales is an attitude and you need to, to coach them and be with them um, to succeed. And of course, that puts the pressure then, of course, on the consultation because this is where the, the rubber meets the road, right? This is where the rubber hits the road. You need to have a system that your team follows for a couple of reasons. One is that you want a consistent system that is the most high, uh, high converting uh the most high converting system. You wanna find what works and then double down on that. Because if you've got all different team members inside of your team doing it differently, you're gonna have different results for everybody. Not only that, uh, you are now diluting your, your brand value because there's no consistency in the way that your brand delivers. Okay, and that's your role as a CEO to be able to see your business from the outside, from the eyes of your client. How is your brand performing? because if it's variable, it's not very strong. So we need to have a consultation that converts and have your team following that, right? And of course, an outstanding, outstanding client experience ensures that she uh, pays for the things that she wants, uh, not what she's booked in for, okay? And that's how you make sure clients come back. All right, what do you rate yourself in terms of smashing sales? Kathy says, uh, she doesn't have a team, she works alone. Okay, well, maybe that's a good time to, when you're ready, to start thinking about like, how can you do that so it grows beyond you, right? How do you rank yourself in terms of leading your team to smash sales? Susan says, three, what do you rate yourself as? Kerry, two to three, trying new strategies. Now. Three. Joy says three. Okay, cool. So would it be fair to say that the things that are blocking you from doing more of that is just time and brain space to be able to put into your team as your primary client? Is that true for you at this point? Or is there something else? Let me know. Okay, while you're writing that, let's talk about uh, step number five, which is turning lights into booking. So let's move away from the client in the chair and focus on how you're going get, to get more humans inside of your chair, right? Um, Karen says, yes, yes, it is. Absolutely. Time with a team. Okay. 
Yeah, great. Can you see why freedom's important first? All right. Trish says, I'm a bit shit at this. I have issues with asking for more money from the guest. Okay. All right, that's, that's a mindset. It's an attitude around sales. What does sales mean? And it's a really good problem to have because you can solve it. It's actually a solvable problem. And guess where the problem sits? With you, not with the client. Okay, we're going to talk about um, food for thought for you, um, Trish. Really need to step away from the chair and Jill is a three. All right, cool. Step number five. This is strategy step number five. This is the fifth big rock that you need to focus on. And in this strategy step, I actually take you through a five-step framework. And it's a turn likes into bookings framework. And so it's great and it's nice to have really good social media posting on your socials, for examples, but it means nothing if you're not getting bums on seats. So the five-step framework, I'm just going to take you through it very briefly. Um, because I believe actually that the best strategy is actually a long-term strategy, a long-term modern strategy. Because quick deals have a place, sure, uh, you can't build it, but you can't build a business on promotions and deals alone. It's just not sustainable and it doesn't feed the machine to grow. It just solves a short-term problem. Uh, it's like a sticking plaster, do you know, rather than really going to the doctor and getting to the root cause. So my, the framework is around creating a long-term strategy. So uh, you'll learn these five steps. So I'm gonna quickly just walk you through them. Uh, the attraction formula is getting real clarity around who you're speaking to. Now, the reason why this is number one is that if you don't do this strategy step, all of the rest, you will struggle with all of the rest here on in. It is so important. And so mostly uh, I won't let people move through until they've done this step uh, really, really strongly. Okay, the next one is building a following. Now we need a following. We need an audience uh, to talk to, to convince them that they need to come and see us. So we need to talk about building a following. This is where our tactical social media tactics come into the building a following strategy. And um, we need to lead them to take action, right? Uh, the next one is the no like trust formula. Now in this period, we need to let clients get to know, like, and trust us. Like how often do you walk past a business uh, and do business with them on the very first time that you've come into contact with them. Probably never. It's a little bit like, you know, meeting a guy in a bar and going home with them on the first night. It happens sometimes, yes, but it's not really the way to get married, right? <laughs> so uh, we need to, this is why we need to have a long-term strategy, right? Otherwise we're constantly living on uh, one night stands. And finally, we need actually the final tactics to get people off our socials, off our websites, off following us and finally get their bums into a seat. So these are the five strategy steps that you learn in um, Turn Likes into Bookings. The focus of how do we attract more clients inside of our business. Now, some of these parts, like any systems and structures, some parts uh, you'll implement once and it will be done and you never have to think about it again, business in a box. Others you'll have on rotation, especially in the social media and digital space. It's changing rapidly. You need a system for managing your systems and updating them on a regular basis, right? And some other others you will delegate to your team and create a system to run the system. <laughs> All right. We even have a, a system for annual review of our systems. So, okay, last but not least, how do you rank, do you think, in terms of your ability to attract new clients into your business? What do you, five is amazing. One is I suck, I don't even do anything. What do you give yourself? I'm interested to know what your, um, how you rank yourself. 
Catherine, where do you rank yourself in this one? Okay. Oh no, Karen groans at a one, Kathy's at a 2.5, Kerry's at a three, Joyce's at a 2.5. Okay, interesting. Very good. All right, when you have all of these strategies in place, all of the big rocks, uh, when you invest time on working on the right things, that's when you'll start to get momentum inside of your business. And when you keep your business in a box, create things once, uh, so your business can work without you, then you can move on the next big strategy step, next big rock. And of course, creating enough white space for you to think about the overwhelm. Now, the, do you know when I, and I know that someone in here is going to resonate with, with this. When you go on holiday, when you go for a big walk in the bush, when you have a long shower, maybe a bath, or you go out with your family, God forbid, uh, this is when you have your best ideas. This is when you solve all of your problems. Maybe it's three in the morning. I have great problem solving time between three and five in the morning. Fantastic. And when I, when I, um, Joyce, yes, these are your big rocks, but there are big rocks inside. So, so <laughs> good question. Um, some, the big rocks, yes, they're your, they're like, hmm, I need, I need a, something else to put my rocks in. These are your, yes, these are your big rock frameworks, but within there, there are the big rocks. So like creating a career path for your team, that would be a big rock. That is a big piece inside of your business that you need to implement to really move the needle, right? So um, we'll have rocks and then we might have um, beaches. <laughs> these are the five beaches that you have your big rocks inside. Good question. Hadn't thought about it like that before. All right, Kerry has her big ideas uh, or solves all of her problems in the showers. Yes. Um, our reviews and Googles are a big driver to getting people in the chairs, but me personally, I think I'm a three. Okay, good. Well, you've got a strategy that's working. I mean, that's, that's half the battle um, one, really. Okay, so um, if you are having your best problem-solving moments in the shower, in, the, in bed at three o'clock in the morning, when you're on holiday with your family, I went tramping with uh, my family just recently, and of course, I was working on a big problem, and I solved it while I was working, walking with a big pack on my back up the riverbed and all the family were having a good chat and I was just in my own head and then I solved the problem and then that was about three hours in to the tramp and then I could relax and be with the family because I'd solved the problem that I was working on, solved my big rocks. If you're, not, if you're doing it um, in the shower in the middle of the night and when you're trying to be present, like you know when you're with a client and they're talking to you but you're really thinking about blah, 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 blah. If you've got too many of those moments, you don't have enough white space in your life. <clears throat> and it's counterintuitive when you're super busy and your list is long is to book a holiday, book a walk, take a day off. It's super counterintuitive to do that, but I want to encourage you to do that, right? That's how you live a life of freedom and profit, right? work, uh, work on the right things, unlock freedom. <clears throat> time doesn't create, you don't find time, by the way, you create it. Okay, <clears throat> right. I want to tell you about Seller Mastery because the promise of Seller Mastery is that you are able to get these results, but you have to do the work. And, and when I say do the work, you have to do the thinking and you have to do the steps, you have to implement the processes because you are able to work the hours that you want. With, whether or not you choose to work on clients, you are um, able to work on your business so it can thrive. You are able to get a uh, 71% in sales increase without serving clients yourself. So if it sounds like you, would you be okay? Um, oh, Jay, that's okay. <laughs> would you be okay if I told you about Seller Mastery? I would really like that. Give me a thumbs up if you're keen. 
we've gone way over our hour so if you're here i would like to extend you an invitation to come and join me in salon mastery and let me help you move the big rocks inside of your business susan says yes joyce says yes jay has a frozen keyboard bless you all right so welcome to salon mastery and uh let me take you through it Salon Mastery is a 12 month program. It is a weekly investment of 297, which is one or two clients uh, a week. And given the potential of the things that we can achieve over the, over the year, but these are lifetime skills that are going to give you new, new ways of thinking. So it's kind of the values and prices, right? I wanna tell you a little bit of a reason why I created it at 297 uh, a week. There's a couple of reasons why. Um, because I know I want to make it affordable and in a way that you can achieve it because sometimes when you want the help so bad but finding large sums of uh, cash to do a course or whatever is a little bit out of the question so um, I know that it will pay you back again and again for the for years to come because this the CEO thinking is lifetime thinking it's something that changes inside of your head it's not a piece of paper although there are plenty of pieces of paper as well right um, and I want to make it super easy and a no-brainer decision to join, but also if you're truly committed to uh, growing your seller, making changes and uh, investing in yourself, then I know that 297 a week is a perfect way to separate the action takers from, uh, dare I say it, the action fakers. So I'm going to put the link to uh, learn more about it uh, in the comments now. Um, so, Give me a smiling emoji if you think this is good in the chat. Let me look over here. Ah, yeah, cool. Okay, thanks, um, Jordina. That's awesome. So now that I've showed you the entire process, the big rocks from the high-level point of view, Karen's giving me smiley faces, Susan smiley faces, Kathy smiley faces, Trish, a smiley face. All right. Um, so I guess the thing is, you know, if nothing changes, nothing changes right so i want to tell you a little bit more about the logistics and how it all works this is not an event this is not a course this is a 12 month experience and i want you to learn to think like a ceo and i'll provide you a business in a box literally um, and to set yourself free right i want you to be self-sufficient a self-sufficient uh, ceo so when you come out the other end of the program that you can have the knowledge in your head to be able to think strategically, not just rely on a system, somebody else's system to follow. Once you've learned it, you've learned it. Have to watch later, have to go. Thanks, see you, Karen. Bye bye. Um, all right, it is a 12 month program that is released over 12 months. It's what I would call done for you step by step big rock strategies. Now, there's plenty of pebbles as well, uh, and there's plenty of opportunity to talk about the sand in your eyes. <laughs> um, but I want to shortcut all the thinking from scratch that you have to do. I've done the hard yards. Not only did I did it in my own business, I had a business in a box, all the systems organized, but now I've spent the last three and a half years helping salon owners step through it and implement it to their own business. So I want you to have a system done for you and pass you my business in a box, but I want to give you the freedom to be able to tweak it and edit it to suit because all of our businesses are not the same, right? If business really was in a box, um cookie cutter style we would all be billionaires because we'd all bought the bought the system and become billionaires you're different your clients are different the team that you attract are different you need to make it yours but i've done the hard work and the, and the ceo thinking for you right um i want to help you with 
uh, activating strategic business planning. So daily support and accountability. One of the things I hear the most from owners that are uh, that own their business, clearly, if that makes sense, is that it's really hard being alone in business, right? Because we're at the top of our own pile. So we're accountable to nobody. And that's actually a problem. Like in your family, you're accountable to your children or to your husband or... Um, but in business, we're not accountable to anybody else other than ourselves. And sometimes we can be our own uh, worst enemy and, and showing up, it's like having a gym membership um, versus having a personal trainer. Okay, thanks for tuning in to the Love Masterclass. I'm interested to know what was your biggest takeaway from listening to that masterclass. Let me know in Messenger or in Insta DMs wherever you can find me or email I would love to hear what your biggest takeaway was from that action now I went on at that point to talk about Salon Mastery in the program I decided to leave it out of this episode uh, and let you get on with your day but if you are interested in joining and you want to know more then now is the time don't leave it I don't leave it because we close soon um, and I'll leave the link for you well actually the link is everywhere it's not hard to find I only have limited spaces because I like to keep the program intimate um, because I can give then as much support as I can for you to get the transformation that you need to and make the changes in your business that you need to. So if you're on the fence or if you're interested, then jump into Messenger now and let's chat. Maybe if you uh, need to, we can hop on a quick call if that works better. Otherwise, thank you for joining me again. And for those of you joining Salon Mastery, I will see you shortly on the inside. And otherwise, I'll see you on the podcast next week.